Surfers Radio. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Cameron. What's up? And Cameron, today we're going to be talking about some of the things, uh, objections, questions, topics that we hear from unbelievers when we go out evangelizing. So, yeah. for the last uh, couple months, we've taken unbelievers out to coffee. We've had uh, the Skeptics Week back in October. We've had uh, various different conversations with strangers at different events, church events, um, secular events about the gospel. Uh, some people we've met out in public who want to talk about the gospel. And so, we want to kind of address some of these things on the podcast. Yeah. So, I guess, I don't know, have a documented um response that word first would give to responses like these. Oh man. I didn't realize that's what we were doing. (laughs) A canonized. Yeah. (laughs) Definitive. uh, Yeah. That's what we want to do is make paper trails. Right. No, 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 no. I I think, you know, my kind of idea around this was I want to let you guys know at home kind of the things we're hearing on the streets when we talk to people about the gospel Mm -hmm. and how me or Cameron or other people on the team would try and address that on the spot or throughout the course of a, uh, evangelistic relationship with them. Yeah. So we've got a good list here, um, and we're just going to start knocking through them. So, Cam, which one of those uh, looks attractive to you? I have no opinion. I, I yeah. think um, I think there's an opportunity to talk about all of these questions. Mm-hmm. So we Let, can let's start with a fun one, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, so there was one you uh, you heard that uh, um, actually really speaks to uh, something we could uh, talk about in all of christendom right now but somebody was talking to you about dinosaurs yeah. on the streets yeah and what did they tell you about dinosaurs yeah this was an interesting one so this is uh it was a she was a university student at the university of oslo mm-hmm. and she said well i don't believe in religion i said interesting let's tell me about that and she said well like we know that the bible's been proven false so we know so we know that that's uh that that's not an option mm-hmm. Which interesting. is interesting. I don't. Yeah. I don't generally hear people say things like the Bible has been proven false. Mm-hmm. And so I said, "That's uh, that's a provocative and interesting thing to say. Tell me more. Like, why do you think that?" Right. And she said, "Well, I was raised Catholic, and when I was a teenager, I asked my priest. I was like, man, this Bible's full of nonsense and falsehood. Like, what about dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. Like, the Bible's take on dinosaurs proves it false. Right. I don't remember exactly what her question was to her priest, but it was something like that. Like, explain dinosaurs, priest man, and his." answer to her was, well, I think, I'm not sure, but God, I think, put dinosaur bones in the earth to confuse people. <laughs> and you I'm might sorry imagine, to laugh. I shouldn't laugh because that's I, I literally don't know. what he said to her. Yeah. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the, resp- I don't know if laughter is response. I don't know what the response is, right. but frankly, that's a really bad answer to that question. Mm. I mean, um, as I think about it, you know, it's possible that, by, that, I mean, logically possible. So, as I wonder, what should I believe? Who should I follow? Yeah. What should I think about eternal life? All of that. The, the kinds of questions that you might turn to um, religious texts to answer. Mm-hmm. I imagine that a religious text could give bad answers about the world that would help us to know that that text is false. Sure. And so, if the Bible does that, I'm interested in knowing. Mm-hmm. So, humanity has some knowledge about dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And if the Bible said something that contradicted that, I would know that the Bible is not credible, at least when it comes to dinosaurs. Maybe it changes the way that I view the scriptures, but I have a very high view of the scriptures. So, if the if the scriptures clearly yeah. got dinosaurs wrong, that would be a bad day for me and, sure. and the, um, the stability of my faith. Yeah. But 
I can't imagine a world where the the direction I take is, especially because the scriptures mm. don't say this, but where my take is God put fossils in the dirt to confuse people. Right. I can't get I can't get my head around why. The, I just, I don't get it. I don't have any, I don't have anything to say about that. Well, I mean, there's so many different uh, things I want to say about that. I I don't want to laugh. I'm not laughing at her, of course, for saying that. She's not, she's not at fault, really. I mean, it's, uh, I uh, get frustrated with uh, people who kind of take that stance. Like the first Mm -hmm. thing they want to do is say like, okay, well, there's this scientific thing that we know about the world and the Bible doesn't talk about this scientific thing. So therefore that scientific thing must be false. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people who kind of take that stance, um, uh, not just in America, but we've noticed that here with, not with the Norwegian Christians we've worked with at all, but we hear it in stories like this when we talk to non-believers and they tell us, well, I read the Bible and the Bible said I had to believe the earth was super young, and, right. but science doesn't tell us that. Or that so, the earth was flat. Or that the earth was yeah. flat. And so, yeah, therefore, uh, science has to be wrong. And I'm not willing to say science is wrong. Yeah. So, I'm more willing to say that the Bible is wrong. Well, there are really, and, really interesting, deep and profound questions that hover around the interface between our various ways of knowing things, mm-hmm. including we have this very powerful tool for human knowledge of science. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. Like what it has delivered to us is it's amazing. You cannot overstate the importance of science on, on humanity and how much it that method has taught us about the world that God's put us in. It's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think it does give us a way of knowing things legitimately that if other ways of knowing contradict what it says, that science should win. Hmm. Um, as a principle, I think that's true. Okay. So, mm-hmm. if the Bible said the earth is flat, mm-hmm. I think we have good scientific reason to reject the Bible. But it turns out the Bible doesn't say that. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. But there's this, the interesting questions are around how do we know about the world? Mm-hmm. And what is the relationship between what science, say what science tells us, that's a sloppy mm-hmm. way of putting it, but the things that we know are true by way of science and the scientific method how does that help us to interpret the scriptures? And that's something, of, there's a, a breadth of, of answers to that question. And you can see where it goes wrong. One is non-overlapping magisteria. Well, the Bible and science is talking about different things. So, take what the Bible has to say and recognize it's answering different questions. So, even if it gives you scientific nonsense, mm-hmm. we realize it's not really making claims about the real world. It's speaking to your spiritual life and use it just for that. Um, but then you can go too far the other way mm-hmm. and just reject the deliverances of science. And you can say, no, no, my interpretation of the scriptures is that the earth is flat and mm-hmm. science tells us that the earth is round. Therefore, right. science is wrong. Sure. And, and that's, I think, to go too far the other way. Not to put too much authority in scripture, but to put too much authority in your interpretation of the scriptures. Mm. But I think that God has given us the natural world to look at. And as a means of understanding what he's like, I mean, when, mm. when scripture talks about how God interacts and how human knowledge interacts with the natural world, it seems always to indicate that the world tells us what God is like. Mm-hmm. And so, we have this incredible opportunity to understand God better by understanding the world better, which I think a right practice of science does in your heart and mind. Like, it should make you weep with wonder and amazement about how God did all of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we obviously don't reject the deliverances of science, but we also don't want to canonize our interpretation of Scripture. And because we have beautiful things uh, that that the 
enlightened community and the enlightened people after we've learned things that were delivered to us by science, things that we've learned, and we go, Mm. oh my gosh, that's what the Bible was talking about the whole Mm. time. The Bible's not a science text, I I don't think, but there is information in the scriptures that's amenable to the sciences Mm. that these you know what we hear all the time these illiterate iron age people <laughs> yeah <laughs> that they knew That's thousands what I was of say. years ago yeah and we go oh my god and science is just now catching up to um and, right. and it turns out giving us greater reason to have more confidence in the words of the scriptures right that's what i was going to say so like i i think that there is a uh to talk about the size of the horse again like mm-hmm. there's so people can go to a a unreasonable extreme when they say, you know what, the Bible's not a science book, so it really has nothing to say about science. Right. That's uh, false. We shouldn't, uh, I don't think we should believe that at all. So, the Bible isn't a science book. It's mostly a book of history. It's a book of uh, wisdom. It's a book of poetry. Uh, It's a book of scripture. Yeah. Um, But because it's a book of scripture, because the scriptures are inspired by God, they're the words of God, uh, they can have useful things to say. So, to Cam's point, if the Bible taught that the earth was flat, we can't just say like, well, it's not a science book. So, no, no, no. But the Bible teaches the earth is flat. It doesn't. Right. But if it did, that would give us some evidence uh, against to trust the Bible. But it right. doesn't teach the earth is flat. No, no, no. Not at all. What the Bible does teach, though, even though it's not a science book, is that the universe had a beginning. And that's what science is now telling us. Right. Uh, that the Bible does teach us... Uh, that uh, science is now telling us is that the universe expands. There's there is uh, some things in scripture that can point to that. That right. some people like you go look at go look at like uh, reasons to believe yeah. with Heros and people like that. And, yeah, Heros uh, yeah. has written a great book about um, uh, about Job. And, sure, yeah. and I think it's called Hidden Secrets in the Book of Job, something mm-hmm. like that. But it's like a pastoral interpretation of the Book of Job, and he has the qualifications to talk about the the scientific discoveries that seem to make sense of some of the stuff that God says to Job, right? Mm-hmm. God shows up, I think it's in chapter 38, and gives Job a few, cha- like an earful for a few chapters and talks about, were you here when I, or yeah, were you yeah, there yeah. when, he doesn't say when I, but were you there when these things happened? Right. And gives Job a little look at some of his methods of creation. And it looks like that's um, compatible with or consistent with now the scientific picture we have about mm-hmm. about how all of this came to be. Yeah, and that's pretty awesome. And I don't think that that yeah. can be uh, easily dismissed with the line, "The Bible's not a science book." Uh, right. So I love, so I love that. That's, but so getting back to this, uh, like specific objection. So now that we've laid that foundation, yeah. which is awesome, and we've talked a little bit about that on a previous episode um, years ago about how. Uh, the discipline of science was started by Christians, yeah. by people who didn't see any contradiction between investigating and studying the natural world and what they then the commitments about uh, to the Word of God mm-hmm. and as Christians. But what about this specific objection? So, Cameron, with that foundation in mind, someone could now comes to you and says, "Dinosaurs were put into the ground by God to trick people." What do you do with that? What it, what is that, that's where do you even start? I, uh, let me think. It's hard to respond to because nobody mm-hmm. has said that to me. So the young yeah. lady I was talking to, obviously, she wasn't saying right. um, something like "I'm a Christian and dinosaurs aren't." Re-. Like that's an, that's the the question you just asked is like an argument against the existence of dinosaurs. Sure, and I'm not prepared to marshal <laughs> marshal <laughs> the opposite argument necessarily. But if we're talking about what does about her exact question. Which was like, listen, you religious people are stupid. She didn't say stupid. That's not mm, fair. Right. But your religion is false because your religion believes that dinosaurs weren't real and we know that they are. Mm-hmm. I would be happy to address something like that. 
Yeah. So, and, and we can also talk about, I think the, the bad theological picture that her priest's response paints about who God is. And I would start with, so if he was, if he was asking me, Cam, what do you do with these dinosaurs? I think God just put the, put the fossils in the earth to confuse people. Um, I think that's a wild misunderstanding of who God is and what his relationship is with us. Right. And, you know, you're writing your thesis on divine hiddenness. Mm -hmm. Imagine if, if it was even worse than that, it was divine obfuscation sure. so that people couldn't find him and yeah. they'd look into the world and get false information about who God is. And right. I think that contradicts his character. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible for us to look into the world and misinterpret what we see mm-hmm. and therefore have a bad understanding of features of the world. And by the way, that's the, that's the history of science. The history of science is it gets, it gets more and more true as it tests things better and better. And and we have more data, but uh, many, maybe most major theories, uh, theories of science have been overturned and replaced with something new and not just something that's a little bit new, but like something radically new. Sure. No, it turns out that paradigm was false and eventually that hard core of that theory gets overturned by a new um by a new theory altogether um which is good i think that that's mm-hmm. i think that that mean, makes for the progress of human knowledge um so that's okay but what i don't what i have a problem with is something like no we can look at the world and see things about it that mm-hmm. were tricks put there by god yeah. that would cause us to believe false things about the world because there's nothing there's there's as far as I can tell, I can't imagine any test you could run on a fossil Mm. where the result would be, Oh, a divine being put this here in order to, in order to, um, in order to confuse people who don't want to believe or to confuse the atheists or something like that. It'd be, it would be God planting false history of animals that never existed. Right in order to confuse people so that they would be led astray and toward death and destruction. And we don't get, uh, there's nothing in the scriptures yeah. that give me the indication that those are God's motives or that that is what's in his nature or his desires. Well, and plenty of things in the scriptures that give us the opposite, uh, the opposite impression. I mean, God, the Bible says in Titus one that God cannot lie. And so the, right. and I don't think God would put, put things there that trick people and mm-hmm. like, so when the Bible talks about like people, uh, like in Romans one, when it says like God will give people over to a depraved mind more into their uh, unbelief and things like that, um, that's that's always the result of people's sin. Right. That's the result of their uh, continuous rebelling against God, and mm-hmm. that's God going, okay, fine. If you're going to keep going this way, this is the result, and mm-hmm. your heart's just going to be completely hard. You know, hopefully not forever, but this is this is the result of your sin. But it's never people looking into the world and finding fake fossils or fake right. bones or and, and saying like, well, this was must have been put here by a divine trickster or hey, yeah. there is no God at all. The, the impression that anybody ever got from li- finding dinosaurs or discovering dinosaurs, if you will, or discovering that uh, the universe had a beginning with Big Bang cosmology, mm-hmm. the, the impression that many people, many Christians never got was, well, I guess this whole God stuff is just not real. Right. It was, it was always like, oh, no, actually, the idea that the universe had a beginning in fact, puts a lot of evidential chips on the side of theism. Right. I mean, we could, yes. we like, could talk about that. So, when Big yeah. Bang cosmology mm-hmm. came to be, it's called the Big Bang as an insult against religious people, against the people who brought it sure. up, yeah. the people who were, who were developing the, the um, theoretical framework, because that was seen as that's the land of the theologian. That's not science. Mm-hmm. Scientists believe in an eternal universe, not one that began to exist. Right. And 
and it was particularly Christian, the idea that at some point the universe began to, to exist. Mm -hmm. So I think you're exactly right. And to, Mm -hmm. to say even more, I think that view that we can dig into the earth and find fake history just undermines our entire worldview. Like if Mm. the worldview is God made this whole place, but you can't rely on what you see to tell you (laughs) the truth about the world, like then what else? You have no reason. You have no good reason to believe that the world is that, uh, for example, this, um, the idea that, oh, how do you know that God didn't create the world 10 minutes ago, hmm. including sure. you and all of these houses and all of your memories, mm-hmm. right? How, how do you know that didn't happen? Right. May have, on that view, you have no good reason to believe that because you believe that God is a trickster or is willing to um, get, isn't willing to put falsehoods or false history or misleading, deliberately misleading evidence into the world to point you away from his existence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so first of all, it's, it tells a bad story about who God is. Secondly, the thing that you said, but then also um, gives you reason to disbelieve your worldview because you don't know what in your world gives you true information about your world. Yeah. And that's, I'm just not convinced that that's the, uh, that's the world that God created for us. I think God did create us because he wanted us to have a real history, not a false history, right. real human experiences that make us grow in certain virtues. And, and to your like point, that. that's and, why science developed yeah. as a discipline mm. in within a Christian worldview and understanding of existence. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's Christians who expected truth in the universe and uniformity and sort for the voice of God to be heard in his creation. Mm. And I don't understand how that... How can that be your response to somebody <laughs> who, who says... Uh, um, who questions about what God is like, right? So your Bible has a problem with dinosaurs. How could your answer be, well, we just can't trust anything that's in the world to tell us about like what? What? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I so I, I said on the previous episode that science is uh, possible or science is good and awesome because of the Christian worldview. Yeah. And I said that and I'm sticking to it and I'm not going to. Most, yeah. most historians of science will tell you the same thing. And mm. maybe science as a discipline would have developed without the, without having been sort of nursed in the cradle of the church, Mm -hmm. but the, the consensus as far as I can tell among historians of science is that the Christian worldview really incubated and really um, nourished and nurtured the fledgling discipline of science. And it's because we expected a world that was uniform and consistent and behaved according to unchanging, unchanging laws. And so we were able to see and establish patterns and put those laws into words and understand, as the early scientists have said, to understand the mind of God. Like one of the craziest features Mm -hmm. of existence is that you can describe it in math. Mm -hmm. Like what? That's crazy. There's no Mm -hmm. reason that should be the case. There's no reason that there's no, there's no logical reason that running the same experiment two times in a row should give you anything like the same results. Like how come this time it turns yellow and gets cold and the next time it doesn't turn blue and explode. Mm-hmm. There's no law of logic that makes that. So it's the laws of the physical universe that give sure. us reason to believe that if I run the experiment many times in a row and across the globe and, and, and uh, all of the relevant parameters are identical, that it mm-hmm. should get if the identical inputs should provide identical outputs and we see that happen. So now we add to human knowledge. We have the whole scientific enterprise and we have, we have things like medicine, which mm-hmm. is and medicine and going to other planets and we taking pictures of Pluto. Like it's crazy. It's sure. incredible or microprocessors and the internet. When you, when you think for any amount of time, like what science has produced, it's, um, it just blows your mind all the time. And that 
discipline and that way of looking at the world or that way of discovering truth about the world was definitely helped. Maybe it would be possible otherwise. We can't say for sure, sure. but it was definitely Mm -hmm. born in fertile soil. Planted in fertile soil. I've used yeah. so many metaphors. I'm stretching all of them. <laughs> Grew in fertile but soil. Yeah, but yeah. it was um, it was in the context of a Christian worldview that right. that way of looking at the world and therefore developing something like a scientific method mm. was able to happen and flourish and give us the things that is delivered to us today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I could even say that uh, even if it did uh, come about like in a non-Christian environment or by non-Christian means, right? I'm I'm speaking of something even more fundamental than that. I'm saying even the framework that science happens in a Christian or non-Christian environment is possible uh, only because of the Christian worldview. Yeah, that's something we can uh, expand on in a later episode <laughs> because that's a huge can of worms. Uh, but I'm uh, definitely going to stand by that. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, knock on one of these other ones. Since I picked one, is there one that uh, yeah, well, you want to throw a dart at? Before we move on, is it okay with you? We never got to the question about what about dinosaurs. So I wonder okay. if she had well, asked yeah. you or if she had asked me that question mm-hmm. instead of instead of her priest when she was a teenager. So I'm, I'm really troubled by – in fact, I'll just throw it to you because yeah. you, you threw it to me. Sure. Um, I'm really confused about this Bible stuff. Scientists have these dinosaur things um, and the Bible – I don't know how she would have put the put the question necessarily, but yeah. it doesn't look like there's room for dinosaurs in the Bible. So mm-hmm. we know the Bible is false. How do you answer that, Jake? Oh boy. So I say that God just put them in the ground to trick people. No, <laughs> de- definitely not. Uh, I say, well, here's what I say. And so this kind of speaks to the way that I kind of evangelize. So the as I sit right now, uh, my interpretation of Genesis 1 mm. um, is difficult for me to read Genesis 1 in a way that um, suggests a universe that's billions of years old. Sure. So, so I, I think we never said it explicitly, explicitly, but this right. is an area where you and I disagree. I, yeah, I believe that the is creation a, yeah. is very old, and you believe that the creation is very young. Yeah. But and look, so, we're still friends and ministers together. So. Of course, absolutely. And I'm very open to uh, the universe being uh, very old. And so I know that the general scientific consensus right now is that the universe is billions of years old, yeah. and that dinosaurs, uh, the time that they existed, according to modern scientific data, uh, can only be accounted for in an ancient universe mm-hmm. and an ancient earth. That's roughly four and a half billion years old. Okay. So I look at that. I recognize that that's a reality. And I recognize that for me, my interpretation of Genesis, it's really difficult for me to reconcile that with Genesis. However, uh, without lying to people, when I'm evangelizing to people, my kind of strategy and my philosophy is I'm willing to throw pretty much everything under the bus except Mm. for Jesus and the gospel. Yeah. So, uh, what I would tell her is that, uh, God did not put them there to lie to us. Dinosaurs existed. Uh, that's what the evidence tells us. And I would encourage her to kind of basically not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Essentially, I would encourage her to embrace science and what the scientific data says, I'd encourage her to do her own research in that. And I would encourage her with, hey, listen, there's lots, lots of other Christians throughout history who are biblical inheritists, who are, who believe in sola scriptura, who believe in the infallibility of God's word. Lots of Christian scientists who believe all of those things, who saw no problem with 
the universe being very old with dinosaurs existing and that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. Yeah. And so I would, I would address it that way because that's the fastest way that I can get to the gospel with her. Yeah. I think, I think I totally agree mm-hmm. overall. I would, I would address it slightly differently just because yeah. my temperament and the things that I think about and emphasize are different than you. But I think the overall strategy of making it a non-problem, mm-hmm. I think is the best because the truth is right. it's not a problem. So, someone from your perspective who uh, thinks that the creation is relatively recent, then the question mm-hmm. you have to answer is, how are dinosaurs so young? Sure. But you don't have to argue for they never existed. Yeah. And I think, like you said, as an, as call it an evangelistic strategy, there's just no reason. Mm-hmm. As, as, what do people need? They need the gospel. They need the gospel. Mm-hmm. They need to have, they need to be reconciled mm-hmm. to God Almighty and be adopted into his family. Mm-hmm. And so, I like William Lane Craig answers this so much better than I am. I'm going to paraphrase mm-hmm. what he says. But basically, his approach is, I want to saddle people with as little as possible. Like, if we're really interested in right. people being saved, we have all of eternity to straighten out our views on everything else. So, I don't need people to adopt all of my theology and all of my philosophy and all of my beliefs about the world. They don't even have to they don't even have to adopt perfect theology. What they need is to get, is to be saved and have their eternity secured. So whatever, this is kind of the point you were making, Mm. whatever else comes attached to that, as long as it's not a threat to their salvation, just leave that attached. You bring people, bring people as they are, whether it's a sin struggle they have in their life or a false thing they believe about the world or something that would be unbiblical and whatever, but they need to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't compromise the gospel, I think we make it a non-problem. So you're willing, for the sake of argument, you say, well, no, just believe what the, that's okay with what the the scientists say. Mm -hmm. What does that have to do with Jesus? And I think from my perspective, I would want to make it a, make the dinosaur question a non- problem also. Right. And just and mm-hmm. I think it would start with the question, what is it about the Bible that you find troubling with respect to dinosaurs? Like let's locate the actual mm-hmm. question. Um because for as as I read it, the Bible is silent on dinosaurs. I don't find them in there. There are a couple of passages sure. in Job, but I don't think there's any reason to insist that God is talking to Job about dinosaurs mm-hmm. in those passages. And in fact, I think there's there's a real problem with insisting that it's okay. A real problem, sure. <laughs> I think it's okay. I just it could create problems. Yeah, yeah, I just I think that there's no reason to impose that on the text and say we well, mm-hmm. can't become a Christian unless you believe that um, Job is talking that God is talking about right. dinosaurs in Job. And if you don't buy that, you can't be saved. It's like no, let that sure. go away. And, and my th- my overall perspective is the Bible is basically silent on dinosaurs. Humanity was unaware of their existence until the 1840s. Mm-hmm. So most people for most of history. Right never knew anything about dinosaurs. If we want to talk about them, we can. And I have a certain rhetorical advantage, which is I can I can just concede basically all the scientific points and not have to explain how they're a part of a very young creation. So that makes my work a little bit easier, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we can understand how the dinosaurs were part of God's plan for human society and advanced uh, advanced mm-hmm. human interaction and it's like and and for them to for there to be waves of dinosaurs occurring over these many hundreds of millions of years and we can see how it's part of there's a teleology there mm-hmm. that god used in order for us to have advanced human civilization um so i could tell that story if we want but i think i would start with locating where the actual problem is right and just say what 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 does the bible say about dinosaurs that proves it false and get to what that question is. And overall, just say, mm-hmm. listen, I don't think the Bible mentions the dinosaurs. And so, that would that would mean that her objection would have to be, well, why doesn't it? There are these big, giant, terrible lizards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how come the Bible never mentions them? And I think that's right. an interesting discussion, but ultimately easy to answer. You just right. say, why, why would we expect it to? 
they've never, they're, they're not a part of, um, they're not part of the human experience until sure. we found their bones later. And there are tons of species and classes of species and all kinds of things the Bible doesn't mention. The Bible isn't the repository of all human knowledge. It's not an encyclopedia. Right. Mm-hmm. What the Bible says, of course, is authoritative. Mm-hmm. And you and I both hold a very high view of scripture where, um, the scripture is the foundation of our spiritual life. And mm-hmm. we believe, we believe all that it touches and all that it teaches is right. true. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see why that, there's therefore then there's a leap in reasoning where you therefore would expect for the Bible to teach everything. Yeah, and you can't rule. You can't say the Bible's false because it doesn't have an opinion or information about a certain topic. Yeah, yeah, of course, I agree absolutely to all of that. And as much as I want to talk about that, I want to talk about something <laughs> we did. We're, we were uh, actually mentioning, and yeah. uh, I would really encourage anyone who's listening, right, especially my young Earth bros who are who are who might be uncomfortable with uh, some concessions I made earlier. Yeah. I would, uh, that thing I said earlier, right? Throw everything under the bus except for Jesus and the gospel, right? Like your, um, that's a kind of a hyperbolic way of saying that there are certain hills that people want to die on theologically, or there are certain interpretations that they want to die on theologically that actually make it harder for people to embrace Jesus and the gospel rather than easier. So if you want to say, right, okay, um, Evolution's a lie. It was uh, the all the bones were put there by the devil instead to confuse us. That's what I've heard before. Yeah. Like evolution is false, which I believe. I believe that evolution is false. Mm. Um, but if you want to, I've had a, I had a young Christian who I've been discipling here in Norway come up to me and say, "Listen, uh, evolution scientifically is a real big problem for me in my Christian faith. I have a really hard time reconciling Genesis with the Bible." So my a uh, question to some of these people who want to die on that hill mm-hmm. is what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to send him a bunch of videos on YouTube or a bunch of articles that tr- am I supposed to try and change his mind about evolution? Right. Or what I'm convinced is the right path. What I'm convinced is a more correct path is to make Jesus and the gospel more attractive, more encompassing of the, his worldview of like, listen, you don't have to throw out your beliefs about the origin of human life. And Jesus, you, you don't, or Jesus, you don't have to throw out either of those things. You can have both those things because listen, uh, the truth of evolution doesn't change the fact that Jesus uh, died on the cross for your sin, that he rose from the dead, that if you repent and put faith in him, you're going to be purified and saved from every single sin you've ever committed. And when you die, you're going to immediately be in his presence and in eternal life. Like all of those things I just said have literally no bearing on the reality or falsehood of evolution. Right. And it's not and as so, though it, it's not as though it doesn't matter. Of course. Of but course it, it matters. But, but yeah, it, it matters. And we want to have a true worldview. Yeah. But the question is like, why would we make it more difficult for somebody right. to, um, to be able to see the gospel? Like, why would we turn their heads away and make them think that in order to, uh, in order to mm-hmm. be made right with God almighty, that you also have to believe all of these other things. Right. And yeah, I mean, and that's well, true about that, everything. It's not, it's not just true about yeah. dinosaurs and evolution and the age of the earth and all of those things. It's, the, it's other stuff about us too. Yeah. Right. So I heard one pastor who was talking about a young man who said, uh, asked him, I, I think I want to become a Christian, but do I have to stop smoking weed? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we answer that question in a similar way. Like, can weed smokers go to hell? And if mm-hmm. the answer is yes, then it, the, the impulse is never, the impulse shouldn't be, Yes, you have to clean up and become good enough 
in order to mm-hmm. be accepted by God first. And you have to clean up your beliefs and you have to clean up your life. And then once you're clean enough, God will take right. you. That's to, that's, that's to turn the gospel inside out. And mm-hmm. it's the anti-gospel, right? Sure. So the point is not, yes, you have to give up smoking pot to be, to become a Christian. It's like, and it's no, you need to, um, you need to commit your loyalty to Jesus and get your soul saved and your eternity secured. Mm-hmm. And then with the help of the Holy Spirit, become more and more like him and for his desires to take over your desires mm-hmm. and for you to understand how your sinful behavior offends God and is bad for you and is opposed to the right. nature you should have. And the desires you have are for evil things that hurt mm-hmm. you. And and we work we participate in some way, even for my reform brothers, uh, would agree we participate in some way with the Holy Spirit in order to be sanctified and to be made more like God and mm-hmm. to for the nature for true human nature and God's image to be restored in us. So I think that includes knowledge and our ability to understand yeah. uh, understand the world around us. I mean, that's been broken too. We were made stupider by the fall. Mm-hmm. And okay, so we <laughs> we meet Jesus and we let him improve our minds and the things we believe, but why to your point and what I've been saying badly. And you were saying also is like, you said, throw everything under the bus, Mm. which is like for the sake of argument, everything that's not the gospel, just get that off the table. That's just, those are distractions. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, Christians don't believe in evolution. You're like, that that's not what we're talking about. We're trying to like, what do you do with your sin? Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a different, interesting question. And of course it's not unimportant. Of course, it's important, right. right? But it's not as important, like you were just saying. It's not, it's as not a main important. thing. Of course, it's not a main thing. And I think exactly that, man, gosh, there's so much I want to talk to you about that. Um, I'll tell you what, how about we just leave it there for right now? Um, this was, I think this guy was really awesome, uh, talking through this. Cause Cam, I remember when Cam actually heard this and he was just like, someone just told me a priest told them God put dinosaurs in the earth to yeah. lie to people. And I was like, I, th- I remember thinking then and there, like, oh, we should definitely talk about yeah. this. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. Oh, and you brought <laughs> yeah. up the idea that Satan put the bones there in order well, to. Well, that's what I had heard. Yeah. I never heard that God put them yeah. there. I was like, that's, that leads to a lot more theological problems. Let's just say, I'm more okay with the idea that Satan, yeah. <laughs> Satan put them there than with, that, that God put them there, yeah. but I'm still not okay with the idea that yeah. Satan put them there. The answer that's ends up true. being almost exactly the same. Right. Yeah. Is, would, would God allow Satan to do that? And I think that's opposed to his nature. And we could talk about that. But sure. let's just get dinosaurs off the table. Right, right, right. Very cool. Well, so everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, be on the lookout for these sorts of episodes coming up, because as we share the gospel with people, as we engage non-believers out here, they bring up... All sorts of familiar and unfamiliar objections to Christianity here in Norway. And we want to talk about those things because we want to talk, let you guys into how we think through them. So be on the lookout for more episodes like this, and we will see you again next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Word First Radio. Be sure to like, subscribe, and check us out online at wordfirst.us. Yeah!